Welcome to Mother Buckers, the first and only podcast for hockey moms by a hockey mom, and that's me, Julie Bardownski. We don't have Lou this week because he is very busy with the Liberty Bell games. Good luck to those kids playing out in New Jersey this weekend, and I believe next weekend they'll be in Florida, so we'll look forward to hearing back from Lou on how all of that went. So you just have me this week, and there's just a few things that I want to follow up on and give you some information on. So first is the apartment life. Well, our time in Michigan is starting to come to a close. My time in the clothis here is dwindling down. And I've got to tell you, oh my goodness, they know how to do spring slash summer kickoff right here in Michigan. The weather is some of the most beautiful weather for the last week and a half that I've experienced. We have these trees right outside our apartment that just smell amazing. And I tried to find a free identify that tree app, but they're all you have to pay for them. There might be one. So if you know, please tell me. But um, these trees smell so good that um, when I'm walking Dave, the dog, I always stop because it just is uh, It's this amazing scent. And I need to have them in Nashville. Hopefully I can, they, they can grow in Nashville or wherever the hell I end up. But, um, so it's amazing. And you know, then, and then we had this, we have this cute little downtown district. I tell you moms and dads, when you have to travel to Detroit for hockey, because everybody does, I'm going to give you three downtown areas that you must go and experience because they're all just the cutest. Birmingham is one. Plymouth is another, and finally Northville. And each of the downtowns have these, you know, restored buildings, um, beautiful settings, great um, individually owned restaurants. I think some of them may be part of a group, if you will, but there's not like the big chains. And most of them have a block off for traffic. So you can just kind of wander the streets, you see dogs, you see people, the people are so friendly. And they closed off our district where we are on this um, weekend uh, for, for music and they do it all summer long. I think it's Friday and Saturday nights. Um, and then I think in Plymouth, it's like Monday, Wednesday and Friday night. And I, I mean, it's just, um, they really eat up the sunshine. So um, whether you're here winter or summer, come come to those little downtowns and check them out. And there's probably more out there. The other thing is, you know, the pot is legal here in Michigan. And when we first were moving in the apartment, um, we'd open up the door to come in or out. And we would just be hit with a waft of Mary Jane. <laughs> and it was like, oh, contact high. And all of a sudden that stopped and no one, no one moved out or anything. We're like, what's going on? Well, I saw my neighbor and she was very pregnant. And I'm like, oh, that's why it stopped. So really excited for her to have um, the baby. And that'll be good. Really excited that the pot smell stopped. Pool is open. Um, beautiful, beautiful weather. As I mentioned, we all have a little bit of sunburn going on us. Um, and then I also wanted to follow up to talk to one of my little friends, um, one of my little friends, who am I, kindergartner? Anyway, one of my friends, and she said how much she enjoyed hearing about the um, project for the eulogy writing and how that went. And I got to tell you, I was quite um, nervous. 
about writing the eulogy. Um, but then once I got into the whole exercise of it, I wasn't as, um, it, it came a little bit easier, but I will stay, say that still, it is a difficult thing to do. Um, but I do encourage everybody to do it. The hardest part for me was not so much the writing of the actual words and then comparing it to where my life is today. That to me was just kind of like a ground setting. Here's where, you, here's what you want. Here's where you are. Let's close the gap. That that's not such a the the thing for me. It was they you know the exercise included um, who would be reading your eulogy. So I plan to live to be 120 years old. You can laugh, but our telomeres go to 125. And I figure I've done at least five years of damage <laughs> in my lifestyle. Um, but uh, so I plan to live to be 120. And I started thinking about all my friends who I would want and family members that whom I would want to be reading something at my eulogy. And there may be some that I haven't even met yet that will fall into that role. And maybe more so because I couldn't think of who any of my friends that would live that long. Sorry, friends, I love you all. But, uh, you know, come on, tell me that you're going to live to be, be be my age so that you can read it. So that was a hard thing. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I ask my friend's kids. Or maybe I ask my friends that I want to read at my funeral. Well, actually, I'm calling it a party because I don't want a funeral. I don't want a memorial. I want a party. So all I want is a party because I want everybody to be having had a great time when they're thinking about me and they're telling the crazy Julie stories. And um, that is part of my eulogy. They better be telling the crazy fun stories. Um, so anyway, I thought, well, maybe I have them video record the eulogy. I won't watch it, store it in you know a cloud somewhere marked, read for Julie's life party, at age 120, whatever year that is, gosh, I don't even know what year I'm going to be living to, but it's going to be a long time. And um, that perhaps could be the way I ensure that the eulogy is read by people who knew me at the first, I'm not even at halfway point, not even close to the halfway point yet. So um, the first part of my life. So anyway, that's just that. If you have started the process of writing your eulogy and then writing where you looking at where you are now. It's a great thing, especially going into this summer because you, the days are longer. You're going to have a little bit more time possibly to yourself. Um, and you, you know, you can maybe start closing that gap. My son, whom I fully expect to be well alive when I'm 120, will say, I feel she always had a hot breakfast for me. <laughs> and every time, not every time, but most of the times when I'm making him his breakfast, okay, I do. I make him breakfast every day. There's a lot of reasons for that. Number one, food is my love language. Two, I am such a believer in breakfast as the most important meal of the day and getting that fuel to making your day go so your brain's working better for the whole day so that your, you know, your whole system. I just feel that breakfast is, you know, uber, uber, uber important. Three, um, because lunches have generally been these cold, you know, lunches, I feel like him having a good solid breakfast every morning is 
really important to make up for what I feel would be a little bit more lack of nutrition in the lunch. Now, that's the first seven school years because the last three, he has had hot lunches, they have had access to microwaves. And so I do pack him, you know, his lunch as well. But they're usually meal prep stuff that we do on Sundays. And so I do feel better about that. But every morning, my old neighbor, Stacy, she used to gripe and complain about how she hated the fact that her mother-in-law made her husband's breakfast every morning growing up. Because then the duty fell on Stacy <laughs> to make breakfast every morning for her husband. And then I remind myself, well, no, I also taught my child to cook. So he is extremely capable of making his own hot breakfast, and he makes amazing breakfasts. As a matter of fact, one of his things is, I want to open up a restaurant that's for breakfast, and we're going to go from there. So it's not that. The reason I do it, like I said, love language, want him to have the hot food, but he's so busy. He's so busy. Why stress him out by making breakfast, even when I'm so busy, you know, even on the mornings that I have early calls or that I have to, you know, get ready for an early call. And it's not always easy to fit that in there, but it's such an important part for me as a mom to do for my child. And I, so therefore, that's why I know if he had to write a eulogy, it would be she always made me breakfast. (laughs) So... I think that's a good thing because of all of those things are wrapped up in it. So, all right, going back to our last episode. Wow, boy, we get a lot of feedback on it. Thank you very much. Emailing at julietmotherpuckers.com. And I got several DMs on my motherpuckers Insta as well as Twitter. Thank you for the outreach. Yes, there are many journeys. We talked about just a few and we focused really heavily on the United States because we'd covered with the Canadian models with Scout on episode 42, Austin Luboff. So we, there are many. All we did was give some input, some advice, some suggestions. It's up to you if you follow it or if you don't follow it. You Every situation can be considered unique. However, there are statistics that can show and give you more information as you make your decision um, about what you're doing. The, I think to me, the worst um, not the worst, one of the least helpful points within making a decision is a coach or a scout saying, oh, we're going to do X, Y, Z, so your son will be X, Y, Z. That is so hard to promise. That's like someone saying, okay, pick these five numbers and you're going to win the lottery in five months. It's too hard to know what changes are going to happen both you know, physically, mentally, game, other players coming in, players going out in two, three, four months, even over the course of a season. It's too difficult to do that. So when you look at your decision making, please look at the lowest possibility. Fourth line, no PK, no power play, six minutes um, per period of playtime, let's say, if that. Look at that lowest common denominator And say, if I had a season that offered me that, where would I be happiest? Where's the best coach that's going to get the most out of me? Because it's mostly in the practice, right? Where are the kids that are really supportive and a good teammate? Where is the best, you know, off-ice coaching? Where's the, you know, best support from the community? Where's the program going? All of those kinds of things. 
but try and maybe look at it from the lowest common denominator there. And then anything else will be gravy and the journey will be more fun. So Canada, you know, as I mentioned, it's a whole different ball of wax. I mean, per capita, Canada has 10 times the number of hockey players that are in the United States. And I think in Europe and Russia and all the other countries, they have a total that's equal to the U.S. and Canada numbers. And the goal of each country, every Olympic organization in the country, we'll go go there, is to have as many youth playing in their country as they can, because they're looking at that as their pipeline for their future opportunities to win um, worldwide goals, whether it's world championships. Congratulations, Canada, on beating Germany. Congratulations, Latvia, on the bronze beating the U.S. So what they're trying to do is develop kids to you know be a pipeline for that, both Olympic, world juniors, world championships, so on and so forth. Because... Your um, governing body, especially here in the United States and in Canada, you receive more financial um, incentive for winning gold versus a silver versus a bronze. You still win money. You still earn money from your national governing body, or I'm sorry, from your national organizing um, committee to fund those governing bodies. So USA Hockey gets some extra cash from Team USA when the men, had, had, had they come back with a bronze, they would have gotten a, lot, gotten a little bit more money for USA Hockey, which is good because here in the U.S., our USA Hockey is solely private funding. It, we do not have government funding for our Olympic entities here in the U.S. In Canada, they do. In France, they do. In Sweden, Germany, so on, they do. But they also do receive extra stipends when they come home with those gold medals so and, and silver and bronze. So that's why it is important, not just for national pride, but also that money goes to improving, increasing the growth of the sport. So those are all really important things to understand. Um, and you as individuals can always go to teamusa.org and put in some funds, donate or donate to USA Hockey through their donation portal because it all helps build and grow the um, sport, which is what we're talking about. So that's for you, you parents of younger kids, all of these things, talking about juniors, talking about world championships, all of that filters down to our squirts, our peewees, our mites, our bantams, our our termites, all of you guys. This is all important information for you to have. Because even if you had an older kid that went through or your friends with someone who had an older kid that went through, things change. I mean, we're going to have a um, coach, a college coach come on and talk about the transfer portal and the craziness of the transfer portal and what that's doing, because that's eventually going to trickle down. 2009s that are out there right now are even better than the 2006s that were at that same age. The 2006s right now are better than the 2004s when they were playing at that same age group. So the sport overall is developing kids much younger and more strongly, and it's amazing how fast that changes. So that's why you have to keep up because things change. You can't go with what worked for you know, kids in the early 2000s or even the early 2010s, things have changed since 2020 happened. Things have changed. So 
always stay up to date, and you can do that right here on Mother Puckers. And we have um, a great time now to introduce our new sponsor. Hockey and music go hand in hand. I mean, you can't even start a game if you don't have a hard pumping song to get you going. And of course, the music for the Mother Puckers openings and closing song, Havoc by Sean Tubbs, sounds even better thanks to J-Rocket Audio Design's pedals. For you hockey moms out there who also have guitar players, there's no better pedal on the market to help your budding Jeff Beck sound like Jeff Beck than with the J.B. Archer from J-Rocket Audio Designs or any of the many award-winning pedals produced by them. Other than the sound, the best part is they are made in the USA. All you have to do is go to rocketpedals.com, that's with two T's, R-O-C-K-E-T-T, pedals, P-E-D-A-L-S.com, to hear and see the products, find distributors, and enjoy the website experience. And if you purchase a pedal from JRAD, please use the code PUCKERS because that is going to get you 10% off of your purchase. And I will personally thank you on my podcast. And when your little player plays himself a little song or records it, send it on in. I'll make a compilation and put them all out on the um, podcast in the future. Thank you to J Rocket Audio Designs for being the first Mother Puckers sponsor. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much to Rocket Pedals and J Rocket Audio Design for understanding the importance of hockey and music because they can go hand in hand very well. Going into June, starting next week, we have four more weeks of episodes coming out. And then we're going to take a little summer siesta. But in that summer siesta, I'm going to have a rerun of the top five all-time downloaded episodes of Mother Puckers. And so for most of you who are new, I've got a lot, a lot of new listeners since um, starting back up in January. So again, welcome. But I'm going to share the top five episodes. um, And if you can guess... Who is the number one episode that will be aired on August on August 9th? Um, I will send you a Mother Puckers t-shirt. So um, please jump in and uh, send me a DM or send me an uh, email at uh, Julie at Mother Puckers. It's all these U's. Julie, Mother Puckers. Use, use, use. Send that to me by July 1st so that I can announce the winner when I get back from my little summer siesta as to whom you think is the number one downloaded episode of Mother Puckers. Um, another thing that I want to share is when I come back in August with our new um, episodes, we're going to commit to a huge increase to our coverage of women's hockey. And there's so many reasons behind that. I'm a female athlete. I'm very supportive of, of female athletes. The growth of girls hockey and women's hockey overall is exponential. I think it is the number one college scholarship opportunity for women over every other sport, which is super exciting. And last year was the 50th anniversary of Title IX. 
And I'm a super proud proponent of Title IX and everything it's done. Ernst and Young did a study in 2018 that showed that 94% of C-suite women played sports. Later in 2021, another study was done that showed 52% of those women played at the collegiate level. So you can understand why high-level sports, college, professional, etc., is a direct translation to women in leadership roles. I mean, I know for myself, I'm, I'm writing a piece about all of this, and I'll share it when it's ready. But my own, own journey as an athlete, um, amateur and professional, and how it shaped and empowered me to all of the amazing roles that I've held in my career, including starting this podcast and starting Mother Puckers. I never, I mean, I feel that my athletic life has as much weight as my parental influence and teachers and so on and so forth in shaping me as to who I am today. And I know many, many female athletes and female uh, C-suite holders who are of the same positive recipient of the sport that they participated in. So it's just it's just it's different. It's just fun. So we're going to be doing some episodes over June that are going to be fan-flippin-tastic and will help drive us also to that road of increasing our coverage of women's sports. Finally, I want to wish a happy birthday to my big brother. It is next weekend, and it's a big birthday. I'm not going to share the number. But I just want to tell him, happy birthday, Danny, and I'm so proud to be your sister. You're such an inspiration and um, such a good, happy guy, and I just am really excited. I wish we were going to be celebrating. I know you're going to be at the lake, so you're going to have a lot of fun, but we will celebrate um, very soon this summer. So big, happy birthday to you. For the rest of you, enjoy your day, and I will see you at the rest.